0: 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. I'm Kylie Camps and welcome to the podcast. This space is dedicated entirely to making a difference in the lives of women. I believe we all have a right and a responsibility to truly live our best lives. It all begins with curiosity, changing our thinking, and cultivating more self love. Through thoughtful conversations and shared experiences, I really hope that you can take something away from this podcast. I'm a business owner, a speaker, a sleep consultant, and mum of twin boys. I've also recently completed some training in the cognitive behavioral therapy space, and I'm super, super passionate about the ability that we all have to really improve our days. And ultimately, when we take ownership of improving our days, we're really improving our whole life. So let's get stuck into today's episode. Welcome to today's episode. This podcast is a solo episode where I'm going to share with you a small little snippet from our toddler life program, in particular, focusing on time outs. Now, first things first, I feel like I always need to put a disclaimer anytime I speak about anything to do with parenting and just stress the point that I totally get it that we are all doing our best and we're all in it together and some days our best is really, really great and some days our best is just getting through the day. We've all all had those moments. If you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And so the purpose of this podcast is certainly not to come across as preachy or um, in any way that, you know, there is only one way to parent because there's not. There are so many different ways to raise great children. This podcast, the intention is just to share with you some information in regards to timeouts and if it applies to you, brilliant, take it, run with it. But if it doesn't feel right for you, that's okay as well. So. Before I get stuck into speaking about time outs, I did want to touch on our toddler life program. If you're new to following along, then you might not know that I'm the owner of the Kind Parenting Company. I'm an infant and child sleep consultant and also happiest baby educator. The Kind Parenting Company offers online programs and solutions for baby and toddler sleep as well as toddler behavior. Now, our Toddler Life program is endorsed by one of Australia's leading children's psychologists. Put quite simply, Toddler Life is a manual for the parent who wants to parent consciously and aware and in a kind way. Basically, we've popped together a whole stack of kind parenting techniques mixed with evidence-based approaches and tied it in a nice little bow for you so that it's easy for you to refer to and to digest. You can read it in an instant download the moment you purchase it or you can choose to listen to the audio files. Toddler Life has over 10 hours of audio files. So if you love podcasts, and I'm guessing you might be partial to them if you're here, then you're going to really, really enjoy the whole Toddler Life program. If you're anything like me, you'll have your favorite podcasts and you'll find yourself waiting each week for a new episode to drop and hoping that it's a topic that aligns with you. Toddler Life gives you 10 hours of toddler talk. So That means you can go to the topics that you want to hear about, whether it's biting, communication, frustration, smacking, yelling, whatever it is, sleep. There's so much sleep info in there. Um, And not just sleep info, practical, actionable steps as well. So you can go to that audio section and listen to it as you go about your day, while you're out on a walk or driving in the car, whatever it is. Audio is just such a great way to listen and also just process and think. I feel like audio is just brilliant food for thought. So if our toddler life program sounds like something you are interested in, I want to share with you a discount code for 20% Now I'm going to make this code live for a week from the date of this podcast being released. So you have seven days to act from the time this podcast is live and I'm going to make the 20% off code live across all of our programs. So not just our baby sleep, but sorry, not just our toddler life, but our baby sleep as well. Don't forget, with all of our programs, you also have two weeks unlimited access to our forums. Our forum is managed five days a week by a diploma trained childhood carer. She's wonderful. She will respond to all of your questions and support and guide you through the toughest hood in town, which is certainly Toddler Hood. So that code is 20 off. So 20 the numbers off, all in capitals. So F o f f at thekindparentingcompany dot com. Pop that in the checkout, twenty off, and you will get twenty percent off your program. So let's get into chatting about time outs. So the naughty corner or the time out is a really popular method of discipline, and I totally see the appeal. I understand why parents have lent on this approach because it makes sense to our adult brain because we feel better when we get to remove ourselves from a stressful situation and modulate and regulate and process and have some alone time. So I completely understand why it makes sense and it seems like a really great option when it comes to discipline to utilize timeout as the best practice. But As the boys got to an age where they were certainly becoming testing, I wanted to find out more about what was considered the best practice for helping little ones when they are struggling. Now, the whole best practice concept can, of course, change and evolve, but currently studies support the fact that during an emotional meltdown, a child benefits far more greatly from the presence of their carer throughout the meltdown. Placing or directing your child into a timeout seat or location can often be too much for a little one on top of the removal of your attention. So it's the combination there of popping them in timeout and withdrawing. So while you may benefit from moving your child to a different location, and I've spoken about this a lot, sometimes moving a physical state is really, really needed. It is considered better to stay with your child if, and this is the big if in capitals, you can stay calm yourself. A parent's attention and affection is the life force for most toddlers. So disengaging and then also forcing a child into a naughty spot may not be the best method. It can potentially be too distressing for a young child to process. A recent study indicates that a timeout is only effective for short-term attention and not for developing long-term understanding. And if nothing else, parenting is the long game. We really want to understand our long-term impact. Further to this, it is concluded that withdrawing attention can be perceived as withdrawing love and can also result in more misbehavior, worse emotional health and less, develop, less developed, excuse me, morality. Staying with your child once they have entered tantrum land is thought to be the most supportive and kind way of dealing with it. But I know real life, I completely understand that sometimes some days and some moments can call to remove yourself briefly from the situation. There is a time and a place to walk away from your little one and that time is if you cannot manage your anger or calm your own frustration down to a level where you can think and act rationally. If you feel yourself becoming upset and angry, then I do suggest for a brief period of time that you walk away for a moment, take a deep breath and really calm down. Place or leave your little one in a safe space, reassure him or her that you'll be right back and then take a moment to leave the room or leave the space and just get it together if you can. Staying with your child is thought to be the best practice currently and I wholeheartedly believe in it, but only if you can stay with them and be patient. Evidence suggests that the average time frame a tantrum lasts is four minutes and I know it can seem an awful lot longer but in reality for many families a meltdown is fairly brief but the aftermath is what lingers. Now when I say aftermath I mean for the parents or carers. Often it's the adult who remains shaken by the outburst long after the toddler has already moved on. Your toddler will likely become distracted quickly and his or her mood will improve. And yet, as the carer, it can take us a lot longer to move on. It can feel really, really traumatic, particularly if we are not pleased with how we handled the situation. Enter mum or dad guilt. So many parents share with me that they've found themselves struggling to get to sleep at night because they feel guilt for the way they've disciplined or perhaps didn't discipline their child that day. Or perhaps they feel so unnerved by the experience and they feel anxious in apprehension of another tantrum or just apprehension of spending another day with their little one. But their child is playing happily or sleeping soundly and mum and dad are up awake stressing out. My point is this, don't hang on to the hard moments. They do pass quickly in the scheme of things. If you can train yourself through practice to stay calm, you will all really benefit from it. Effective discipline to us means explaining the reaction of the child's action in a way that they can comprehend. The cry of a child is stressful for parents by design, not just at a surface level. Physical changes occur in our brain and our body when our child cries. I know that it's not news to any mums or dads out there that the cry of your baby or child shifts something inside of you. You have an innate sense of urgency to fix the problem and ease their distress. It is proven that the cry of a baby stimulates the amygdala, which is an area of our brain that controls a fear response it can cause our hearts to race and our pulse to quicken. The physical changes along with the cognitive reaction is what makes us feel stressed. So be kind to yourself when you feel your temper rising and your frustrations mounting. It's okay, that's normal. It's completely normal to feel the pressure of trying to fix the situation or react quickly. However, my goal is to really help families slow down briefly enough to just understand that just because you feel like smacking your child or you feel like running away or you feel like you're at the edge it doesn't mean that you have to react in a way that aligns with those feelings. You don't have to be a slave to those overwhelming feelings, and I know that might sound so crazy and it might sound like a foreign concept, but I promise you, you're not a bad parent for feeling like you're at your edge at times or thinking those challenging thoughts, because science proves some of our reactions are based solely on the reflex of our child's cry and We want to fix it. We want to stop it. We want to take that pain away. So it's important to notice the spike in your pulse and your heart rate and to control your fear response with deep breaths and self-talk. I just really wanted to include that because I think it's so important that parents understand that it's not their fault they're having a stressed out reaction to their child having a meltdown or a tantrum and it's not your fault that you want to fix the problem by putting them in a timeout. I completely get it. Now, changing the physical location of your toddler can help change their emotional state. As adults, when we find ourselves feeling distressed and emotional, a change of scenery can do wonders for our spirits. A walk outside, some fresh air and some sunshine can really lift our mood and it's the same for little ones as well. Toddlers can benefit from changing their physical state when they are in an overwhelmed mental and emotional state. If you can see that your toddler is becoming visibly bothered when playing in the toy room or you just have that sense that a meltdown will be coming soon, you might like to take control and suggest moving to another environment. The change in surroundings can pique their interest and ease their emotions. It doesn't have to be a huge change. It can be as simple as moving from one side of a playground to another or from indoors to stepping outside. An example that I share in the Toddler Life program is imagine you're on the phone and your child is requesting your attention verbally or with physical actions, you know, like the old smack on the legs or the tugging on your pants or whatever it is, and you're feeling that you're unable to meet their need in that minute. Your child might then begin to act out for attention. This may be by hurting someone maybe by using an object or hurting a sibling or hurting themselves. For example's sake, let's just say that your son or daughter begins knocking toys off the shelf. Rather than give attention to the action, focus the attention on the cause. So you can use language such as, mommy or daddy can see that you feel mad that she didn't hear you and you would like my attention. Help your child identify the feeling and talk it through. Talk about an alternative option to acting out. You can give your son or daughter the right language and the right way to handle the frustration. We've taught the boys to say... I want your attention when they feel frustrated. And when we hear that, we know that we can try and give it to them straight away and thank them for using their great words. And believe me, it makes the world of difference when your two year old or your two and a half year old, your three year old, however old, comes up to you and can express their need in a calm way. Even as recently as last year, you know, the boys were five years old and we were at the treetop challenge, which is like a little like a mini high ropes for kids and one of the boys said "mom I need your attention and I need your support to do this." And a couple of other parents like looked at me and said that's a very grown-up way of expressing himself. And I felt really proud because it he could have and you know there are certainly times when he has, but it would be tempting to act out and have a meltdown. So just giving them that language really, really is so beneficial, not just to them, but to you as well in the relationship that you have together. Now, I'm not saying that you need to ignore inappropriate behavior altogether, but try to not make the side effect or the symptom the focus. Talk about the right way to get attention and also the wrong way. Share with your child why hitting, hurting themselves, throwing toys, etc. is the wrong thing to do ask questions about how they can handle the same situation next time and praise him or her when they provide an appropriate response. For example, if your son or daughter is kicking a wall, firstly, identify what led to this behavior. So you might say, I can see you kicked the wall because you wanted my attention. Two, then you can share with them why it's not appropriate, such as, when you kick the wall, I worry that you'll hurt yourself and you're going to damage the wall. You could then ask your toddler this question, how could you get my attention in a nicer way? You might need to offer suggestions such as, it would be nicer if you could use your words and ask for attention like this, mum or dad, I want your attention please or when you want my attention, can you come and hold my hand and that can be our special code. Now, if you are going to have a special code like that, it's important that you honor it. So if your son or daughter comes to you and grabs your hand and that's your thing, you then need to respond to it because responding will reward them for using that as a behavior pathway. Next, I suggest practicing the behavior. Can you show me what you will do or say next time? Then, have a positive, enthusiastic hug and end the interaction and you can reinforce the nicer way to act at other moments throughout the day if you notice opportunities. Now, by nature, a toddler wants to please their parents and feel accepted. All too often, families spend too much time and focus upon negative behavior. And I get it, I understand it, it's tempting to spend your energy there, but it might not necessarily be wise or effective. It can be much more effective to dedicate more energy to noticing and praising positive behavior. Now, remember the more confidence and capability we can encourage, the better. So when you notice your child behaving well, completing a task, or just playing nicely, whether that's independently or with friends, it's not going to hurt to vocalize it and give your child a bit of praise and attention to the things that they're doing well. Another example that we share in the toddler life program could be that Imagine your toddler is playing with other little ones and he or she becomes upset after a friend takes a toy. They come to you really upset by this. Rather than dismissing the importance to your child by saying, you're okay, go and play, you could rephrase and respond in a way that highlights the positive action, such as, thank you for telling me that you're upset. Coming and telling an adult is the right thing to do. That's okay to feel sad. Your friend just likes your toy a lot. They'll share it with you. Let's go and ask for the next turn. Thanks for telling Mummy or daddy. And you can then give your toddler a path of action to handle the conflict. And over time, they will need less involvement from you to resolve interactions. I'm going to share with you some examples of discipline pathways for younger and also older toddlers as well, just so that you have some scope, I guess, of the actions that you can take. So for younger toddlers, you might like to demonstrate and vocalize correct behavior and then encourage your toddler to try the behavior. You might need to gently assist your toddler to use the right motion or gentle hands. Praise them if successful and begin again if unsuccessful. You may like to remove your toddler from a situation and return back to that situation and try again starting at step one. For example, if your toddler is hitting the dog, rather than focusing solely on the word no and then removing the toddler into timeout, you could take the opportunity if it's safe to do so, and of course pets are one of those topics that we won't go down that rabbit hole, but if you feel it's safe to do so, demonstrate gentle hands. Repeat the phrase gentle hands over and over again while you show your toddler what gentle hands are demonstrate the right action take your little one's hands and physically show him or her the motion then encourage your toddler to independently try the motion and if they manage to do so make sure you over animate and praise how wonderful that action is if your little one has not yet grasped the concept simply remove them from the situation without making a huge fuss and try again soon Repetition and consistency are absolutely vital. It may feel as though you're not making any progress at all with your little one, but just keep your expectations (laughs) realistic for the age group and stay positive. Your toddler is still super young and each day is a step forward towards more comprehension and understanding processes. Your son or daughter is trying to figure things out and right from wrong is a blurry space for young toddlers. Now, for slightly older toddlers, the goal is for your toddler to comply and listen before getting to step five. That means before getting to the point where you have to re-repeat over and over again. These steps are a bit of a framework for dealing with tricky behavior. You can ask your little one to comply. Then you can rephrase the directive. Next, you can provide some options and then you can vocalize the potential outcomes And then lastly is the follow-through part, which I know can be tricky for some parents. So a super simple example of this is, imagine your son or daughter is outside and they begin throwing rocks in a dangerous way. The first step, which is to ask your toddler to comply, could go along the lines of, Johnny, Sarah, please don't throw rocks. Or Johnny and Sarah, we don't throw rocks. Johnny, Sarah, please stop throwing rocks. Next is rephrasing their directive. So rather than telling them what to not do, try telling them what to do. Hey, Johnny, keep the rocks on the ground, buddy. Sarah, we keep the rocks down low. Step three is to provide options. Johnny, Sarah, would you like to play with the rocks on the ground or would you prefer to go inside? That's giving them a choice between complying or being removed from the situation. Step four is to vocalize the potential outcomes. Okay, Sarah, if you throw the rocks, we're going inside. Step five is to follow through. If they throw the rocks, take them inside. Try again later and be consistent with the process. Following through on the potential outcome is super important because if you consistently follow through, your toddler will begin to understand imposed consequences. In the Toddler Life program we speak about imposed first natural consequences and how they each have their time and place. So an imposed consequence would be like step five and that's following through. And a natural consequence could be allowing your child to experience something that you've perhaps warned them against or that they just need to experience so that they understand. And of course, you don't ever want your little one to get hurt, but it could be something like you've asked them 58 times to sit down in the bath and they don't do it. And then a natural consequence could be that they slip a little bit and it startles them. So you're not going to force them to slip, but it's just going, okay, you know what? That's going to be a lesson that they have to learn on their own if they're not willing to comply. So if you're interested in knowing more about that, definitely make sure you take advantage of that discount code and grab the Toddler Life program. That code again is 20OFF, all in capitals and just the numbers. So two, zero. I just wanted to reiterate, timeouts, great for us as adults, but when it comes to kids, it's much better if we can stay with them as long as we can stay calm. If we can't stay calm as adults, then we do need to remove ourselves briefly and get our feelings under control. And you might like to listen to the audio file in Toddler Life about exactly that, about how important it is for parents to have a plan of how to get their emotions under control. But for little ones, if you can stay with them, It can be really helpful. So removing them from a situation coupled with removing your attention could translate to them feeling like you're removing your love from them and that's not what we want to do. So if we're removing them from a situation, can we still stay with our toddler and support them even if we're not necessarily thrilled about their behavior? Remember that their brain is still developing and if you as an adult, find yourself getting angry and frustrated, have a bit of empathy for your little one because they don't have a fully functioning brain. Their brain is still developing and they don't have life experience and foresight and the knowledge to know that this too will pass. It may also be really helpful to remember, like I mentioned, that most meltdowns on average will only last around four minutes. So you might find even timing behaviors helpful for you in knowing that it's going to pass. So rather than timeouts or the naughty corner, can you have time in and stay with your little one and help them to build that emotional pathway and then also that action pathway so they know what they can do, the steps that they can take when they find themselves coming up against that wall of frustration and it's going to take time. Like I said, Parenting is the long game, (laughs) the freaking longest sometimes. But anyway, that discount code again for all of our programs, 20 off, all in capitals. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know by sharing it to your own Instagram stories. Tag me at Kylie Camps and that way I can pop it on my Instagram stories as well. Thank you so much for allowing me into your day today via this podcast.